welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log, Day 56, Pareto's Law. If you've been listening to the Field Log Podcast for a while, you'll have heard me mention a principle before, right? And Many of us know this principle by a generic name, but its official name is Pareto's Law. And the principle is the 80-20 principle, right? And you see this pop up all the time, all over the place. You see it in nature, you see it in the economy. And Pareto, I believe, was a scientist, somewhere in England, if I'm not mistaken, who first observed this with, I want to say, land ownership, right? He noticed that 20% of landowners owned 80% of the land. And if you take this principle and you look for it in places, you're going to find it all over the place. For example, wealth, right? And wealth is similar to real estate holdings, but still 20% of people earn 80% of the money being earned, right? If you look at perhaps the dating pool, 20% of men get 80% of the attention from women, right? Maybe the top 20%. Or if you run a business... 80% of your profits will come from 20% of your clients. Or 80% of the decisions you make might happen in 20% of the time, and then the other 20% require a lot more thinking. So there is this general proportion, this general ratio, that you'll see with effects, with impact, with any type of way you want to phrase it, where 20% of the decision-making, essentially 20% of the actions lead to 80% of the results. And that's what we're talking about today. So the first thing that's worth mentioning is that understanding Pareto's law and understanding that a lot of things in life happen in this 80-20 split, right? That 20% of something will cause 80% of the result and then the leftover 80% will cause 20% of the results. Understanding that is going to get you very far in whatever things you might be pursuing, especially if you're pursuing many things at once. So to start off with another practical example, if you're thinking about exercise, right, there's the law of diminishing returns, which ties very closely into Pareto's law, right? The first set that you do is going to yield, I think, I want to say somewhere around 30 to maybe 40% of the muscle growth. And then the second set is going to add another maybe 20 to 30%. And then the third set is going to add another 10 to 20 And then each subsequent set that you do for a body part in a given training session is going to yield less and less growth until you get to around set seven or eight. And at that point, they actually become counterproductive, right? So the first little bit is going to give you the vast majority of the effect, the training effect. The same is true for diet, right? If you've read the Warrior King training protocol, which free link in the show notes, if you want to go check that out, you'll know that Muscle protein synthesis, which is the mechanism by which your body builds muscle, is caused by protein consumption. So if you have a serving of protein, as little as 5 grams of protein, that's going to cause muscle protein synthesis. Now at 20 grams in a meal, 20 grams of bioavailable animal protein, you're going to get 80% of the MPS that you can get. And then at 40 grams, you're going to max out the MPS, right? And so here, we're not looking exactly at 80-20, but we're still looking at a law of diminishing returns. The first 20 grams of protein are going to yield 
the vast majority of growth with the next 20 grams yielding less. The same is true of something like, let's say fashion, for example, right? If you do 20% of the work to make sure that your clothes fit and that they're clean and they're well ironed and that they're, say, appropriate, right? That they're not, I mean, you could have a shirt that fits well, but it's maybe like a $3 tee. If you invest in some fashion staples, you know, a couple of good pairs of shoes, a few good suits, and then maybe some more casual wear, you're going to get 80% of the benefits of having a good wardrobe. And then you could do the extra 80% of the work and then squeeze out an extra 20%. So if you take me on any given Sunday wearing a three-piece suit and you put me next to someone who's got maybe the custom-tailored Italian suit with the nice watch and the shine shoes and everything, I'll look good and that person will look great. But the difference will be about 20, maybe 30%, something along those lines. So you're going to get a lot of the benefit from those first 20% of effort and then the next 80% or in the case of fashion, even value, right? First 20% of money spent and then the next 80%, you could spend five times as much to get an extra 20% of benefit. Now, what I don't want you to take away from this idea is that you should never max things out, right? There is certainly a case to be made in, you know, depending on what the situation is for going the extra mile and doing the first 20%, getting the majority of the benefit, and then doing the next 80% so that you can become truly exceptional at whatever it is you're working on, right? Maybe you know that with 20% of the effort, you can get 80% of the results in your job or your business. That doesn't mean you should stop there. It just means that focusing on those first 20% is quite valuable. So if you think about those examples we just talked about, you know, training, diet, fashion, maybe knowledge acquisition, right? The same thing is true of language learning. If you take a language like Spanish, for example, I think has 100,000 words in it, maybe a little less, maybe like 97,000 words in the Spanish language. But only 5,000 words are required to be virtually conversationally fluent, right? If you know the 5,000 most popular words in Spanish and how to use them, you can get by in virtually any conversation you'll have, especially, you know, casual day-to-day, small talk, maybe you meet somebody and the person speaks Spanish, and you're like, oh, I speak Spanish, and you start talking in Spanish. You're going to get, and this is, again, not 80-20, because 5,000 to 100,000 is actually 5%. So with 5% of the words, you're going to get 80, 90, 95% of the benefit, right? Unless you're planning on giving some sort of complex lecture in like particle physics or something in Spanish, you don't actually need those benefits. So looking at those examples, we can start to tell very clearly that while the 80-20 ratio doesn't always appear, the same principle of a little bit yielding a lot is present virtually everywhere. The spiritual life, for example, if you do the basics and you do them well, right? You pray daily, you attend church services, you adhere to the fasts, and you read the saints. If you do that for your entire life, you're going to live a very good spiritual life. Now, for those who want to attain, you know, truly exceptional spiritual status, they're going to have to do 10 times the work, 20 times the work. You know, those are the kinds of people that we read about who are like the desert saints. You know, they just move into the desert and spend every waking minute in prayer and contemplation. And of course, they're going to achieve a level that we can't even dream of. That being said, we can still build a very beautiful relationship with God by just focusing on those fundamentals, right? And if you go to the next commitment, Stewardship, wealth, right? If you do 20% of what you need to do financially, right? You just have a budget. You're always progressing in your career and you have 
multiple streams of income, you focus on those few things, you're going to get a lot of disposable income. You're going to be very safe. You're going to be enabled to use money for the betterment of other people, take care of your wife, take care of your children, your family, or you could spend every waking hour working and make a little bit more or maybe perhaps even a lot more than other people, but to what end? Right? And then we gave some body examples. The same is true with your craft, right? In about 20 hours of deliberate practice, you can master the basics of an instrument like the guitar, right? 20 hours. So when I first started playing guitar, I practiced, I want to say about 30 minutes to an hour a day. And within a month, I could play most basic chord progressions and a couple of riffs. So I had basic control of the instrument. The same is true with mind, right? Languages, relationships, right? Relationship skills. If you learn how to make a good first impression, if you learn the golden rule of friendship, which is to make other people feel good, right? People don't remember what you say. People don't remember what you do, but they do remember how you make them feel. So if you have basic courtesy, if you're comfortable and confident, if you make people feel good about themselves, if you take an interest in them, right? Dale Carnegie said that you'll gain more friends in two months if you become interested in them then you will in two years if you try to get them interested in you. If you know those basic principles of building relationships, you're going to be very successful. But then, of course, there are people out there with very advanced skills who study much, much longer or maybe have those skills intuitively who are going to be even more charismatic. But the point here isn't necessarily should I or shouldn't I do the last 80% or whatever it is, maybe 90%, maybe 70 but rather an understanding that the majority of the impact in any given field comes from a few key activities. This is the entire principle that the Warrior King training protocol is based around, is as long as we understand what it is that's actually having an impact on our strength, on our leanness, and on our physique, as long as we understand those things and focus on those, we're going to get way further than most people who try to do everything at once and then do very poorly at all of those different things, right? There's another phrase that I like to use that many people major in minor things and minor in major things, right? So you should major in major things. When you take something like weight training, you should focus on the big impact tasks. And then you should leave the little impact tasks for when you have time left over. In your journaling practice, for example, you might implement this with what I call stretch goals, right? And that's a phrase that a friend of mine came up with, and I don't know where he got it from, maybe invented it. But it's when you say you're working on a daily to-do list and you do your journal in the morning, you might say, okay, these are the big ticket items that I really want to get done today, the big impact things. And then if I have time left over at the end of the day, here are three stretch goals, but if I miss them, my day is still a success. So learning to prioritize based on Pareto's law is going to yield more benefit because you're still spending the same amount of time. But rather than flailing aimlessly, if you listen to the episode on deconstruction, you'll know that deconstructing something and taking it to first principles allows you to identify those big ticket items, those big ticket tasks, right? So whatever it is that you're working on at any given point, you should focus on what's going to have the biggest impact. Say you're in school and you're studying for a test and you know that there's, I don't know, a multiple choice section and a written essay. Well, you know that the multiple choice section is 80% of the grade and then the essay is 20% of the grade. 
you would be well served to spend the majority of your time studying for the multiple choice. And then if there's time left over, study for the essay. If you study for both of them equally, you're basically throwing out of proportion the value of each task. The same is true in any other pursuit in your life, right? If you're focusing on things with equal weight, even though certain things are more impactful than others, then you're going to spend a lot of time wasting time. And that's something that you can see in the seven commitments. That's something you can see in what's called Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I think most of us saw this in school at one point or another. It's this idea that the needs of a person are, can be represented as this pyramid where you slice it into, I think there's five stages, and each one builds on top of the other. The bottom one is just physiological needs. Like you need water and food, you need shelter, you need air, right? And then above that, it's things like safety, you know, personal safety. Then above that, there's love and belonging, and then other categories above that. I I think the top one is self-actualization. And you can see this very practically, right? If you're, let's say you fall out of a boat or you're in a shipwreck or something, and you plummet deep into the water, at that point in time, you are not concerned with self-actualization, You're not concerned with love and belonging. You just want to breathe, right? So the bottom of the pyramid has to be taken care of before you move on to the next step. And this sort of parallels Pareto's law in that the basics have to be taken care of before you can worry about all the other stuff, right? And that's that's why the seven commitment list exists, right? And I've talked about this a little before, how I came up with the concept, is I was just observing trying to figure out what are the areas of life that a man needs to focus on? What are the areas of life that you can categorize tasks into, right? There is stewardship, money and those kinds of things. There is your body, there is your mind, there is your spirit, right? That's God. There is your craft, your your relationships, leisure. But I took that one step further, understanding that there is actually a hierarchy, Right. If you don't have a relationship with your creator, there is no point in developing your mind. There is no point in building your wealth because you don't even know what to do with it. Right. And if, let's say, you have a relationship with God and you have your stewardship taken care of, but your body isn't right yet, there is no point in developing your craft because the vehicle that you're using, your body, the vehicle that you're using to move through life, isn't functioning yet. So what's the point in developing your craft if you can't even be comfortable in your own body and have mastery over your own body, right? And of course, the particular order is more specific to the warrior king than it is to the general person, right? You know, some people might argue that if your body doesn't work, nothing works. So why is stewardship above body? Well, from a warrior king perspective, the explanation for that is that it's better to be in ill health and have a lot of financial resources to be able to affect change in the lives of other people than it is to be healthy and strong but broke, right? There's, you, you hear these stories all the time of the old school bodybuilders back before the sport was lucrative for the, you know, the top performers who were broke bodybuilders, right? That's how they will describe themselves. You'll see clips of guys like Arnold and the other guy, the, one, the blonde one with the ponytail, where they'll say, like, I barely had enough money to buy food and work out. So they can't affect any change in anyone's life. It's a very selfish existence. Whereas if you're just a scrawny guy, a skinny guy, but you're very wealthy, then you can donate to the church, donate to charity, take care of your family, those kinds of things. 
But the point being that we have to major and major things and minor and minor things. And Pareto's law allows us to do that. The seven commitments allow us to do that. If you focus your time on your earning potential and at the cost of something like your body or your craft, you'll become quite effective in your role as a leader, in your, in your ability to take care of other people. But if you're building wealth and you don't have a relationship with your creator yet, then there is no point because nothing can ever be more important than your relationship with God. Nothing can ever be more important than salvation, than achieving, attaining the kingdom. So now that we've explored this idea a little bit and we've talked about different examples and there's many, many examples of the 80-20 rule of Pareto's law, let's think about how you might apply this to your own life. And my first suggestion would be to look back over the seven commitments and if you don't remember them in detail, you can go to warriorking.cx and there's a tab at the top that reads seven commitments. Click on that, read through them one more time. And ask yourself, are you currently prioritizing certain tasks over other tasks? I used to have this problem all the time where my craft, you know, my music and maybe something like the Fieldlock podcast and the Warrior King brand, those things brought me so much fulfillment and joy that I would focus on them over my body. But then not realizing that the impact that I could have on people was reduced as a result of that. Or maybe you're really, really interested in something mental at the time, right? There, I went through a phase where I was really interested in chess. I took my chess rating from around 850-900 to up to a peak of 1700. And I spent three to five hours a day studying chess. But at the cost of other things, right? I wasn't focusing as much on progressing in my career and my earning potential. I wasn't focusing as much on achieving excellence in my physical pursuits. I wasn't focusing so much on my craft. I was just focusing on something that was mentally stimulating. Those are the kinds of mistakes that I made in not understanding what's more important, what's going to have a bigger impact. If your earning potential is taken care of, for example, then all of the other things actually become easier. So if you had, let's say, I don't know, $3 million net worth, right? You got 3 million assets in the bank and everything, and you decide that you want to learn chess. How easy it would be for you to hire a very qualified coach and supercharge your learning, or you can pay premium for chessable courses, or maybe you want to be a musician. If you just have $10,000 a month of disposable income that you can use however you see fit, whatever you wish, you can use that 10 grand on music courses and instruments and promotion and all of those things. So it's a force multiplier. And the same is true of your body. If your body is in tip-top shape, if you're if you've achieved something nearing physical excellence, if you're very strong, you know, very built, then your authority in your life, that's going to carry over into things like your craft. People will take you more seriously. I would have less authority talking about these kinds of things that, you know, we're talking about right now if I didn't exude authority, which, as we've talked about in the training episode, comes from your physical appearance. It plays a big role. You know, it's just a reality. So the first thing you're going to want to do is take a look at how you're spending your time. Are you majoring in major things? Are you focusing on the 20%? Are you focusing on the key tasks, the big movers? And if not, why not? This is one of the reasons I always tell guys, no matter how hard it is to hear, if you're not making great progress in your stewardship and your body and your craft and your mind, it's not time yet to focus on relationships. You don't have the skills you're not, you don't have the mental fortitude to handle arguments. You don't have the physical 
strength and the physical appearance to be able to make your woman feel secure, all of those things. So you can't focus on things that are less important without focusing on the more important things first. So your task for today is to take inventory, right? Pause this episode, pull out your notes app, make a quick note, slide it somewhere into your day. Or if you haven't done your journaling yet, do it during your journaling. That's fine too. But make a note to think about, am I focusing on major things? You can even take something specific. You don't just have to look at big picture. You can look at little picture. Let's say you do have your priorities in order and you're currently working on, say, your earning potential. Well, what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the fundamentals first or are you pouring all of your money into a side business? This is why I hate the idea of the starving artist, right? I would never want to be a starving artist. I don't want to pour all my time and energy into my art and then wonder where my meal is going to come from tomorrow. So, you know, you can look at a little thing and dissect that. Am I focusing on the fundamentals? Am I focusing on budgeting? Am I focusing on increasing my earning potential? Am I then looking into investments, right? Or if I have debt, am I paying that off before I'm investing, right? Don't start investing until you've paid off all your debts. There is a hierarchy to these things. You have to focus on the fundamentals first. So today, take inventory, take a specific category or look at all the categories as a whole, right? You can even look up Pareto's law and ask yourself, where am I on this pyramid? Like what's going on right now? What am I focusing on? What should I be focusing on? If your physical safety and your physiological needs aren't taken care of, don't worry about love and belonging just yet. I know it's hard to hear, but you have to do things in the right order because they impact. The the higher importance things impact the lower importance things. And you're going to get more of the results from that. Or maybe you realize that there's a pursuit in your life where you're okay with, you know, passable performance. Like you're trying to learn a language. Are you studying all kinds of obscure words or are you focusing on the 5,000 most common words? Right? Use Pareto's law when you're planning an activity. Use Pareto's law when looking at how you spend your time. Do those things. Do that reflection. And watch how your results start to blow up. You're going to perform way better than you ever have because you're focusing on the important things. So do that today. And then monitor the results. Continue to practice using the 80-20 rule and you'll do just fine. That's it for this week's Field Log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way, and of course, the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day.